brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We do not normally do this, but we are kicking off the new year 2024 with a VIP sale. Go VIP for a full month for $3.99. That is $6 off our normal, very reasonable rate, we're told, of $9.99 per month. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP and enter coupon code New Year 2024. That $6 discount can be applied to a one month sub, a three month sub, or a one year sub. You'll get $6 off whichever option you choose. We'd love to have you try us for the first time or come on back if for some reason you've had to take a break from VIP membership. Our podcasts, with a VIP membership are compatible with the Apple Podcast app. That means CarPlay. That means on your iPhone. And you don't have to go to advanced settings or enter any special password or anything like that. It's a simple click of a link from your iPhone when you sign up that'll be emailed to you. It is frictionless. You can also use many other popular podcast apps or just stream from our VIP ad-free website. So many perks with VIP membership, including last Saturday night's nearly two-hour review of AEW World's End. Todd Martin, rich fan, and I dissected that event. We got into the Jericho controversy and how AEW had handled it so far and how they should going forward. Thoughts on uh, MJF and the Devil Reveal and Samojo as champion and so much more in that VIP exclusive roundtable. Also for VIP members, we have a written roundtable after pay-per-views and PLEs with staff scores and reviews. Alan Cunahan, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, and I wrote reviews of Saturday's pay-per-view, and we'll do so again for the Royal Rumble coming up later this month. Also, we just ran our nearly two-hour World Class Championship Wrestling Von Erich special podcast that we did back in 2006. This was a show that I did with Bruce Mitchell reviewing the Von Erich DVD that had just come out. And uh, they ended up putting this podcast on that DVD in the deluxe edition because the uh, producers of the DVD were so happy with the thorough coverage we gave of the history of the Von Erichs and world-class championship wrestling. Cutting through the crap and in talking about uh, the Von Erichs, but also other aspects of that promotion in the rise and fall. It is a thorough supplement to the Iron Claw movie. 
And it is available as soon as you sign up as a VIP member. We just put it up on the VIP podcast feed on December 29th, just a few days ago. Also, when you go VIP, you can listen immediately to my review of the Iron Claw movie. That was a VIP exclusive Wade Keller hotline. I attended the movie. I reviewed the movie. And I also included in my Keller hotline reviewing it excerpts from the very hard-to-get Gary Hart book. Gary Hart was a booker of world-class championship wrestling during the rise of the Von Erichs and the Freebirds feud. He was very blunt in that book about what he thought of uh, the Von Erichs and that era with some uh, amazing insight. That book sells on eBay for $1,000. I've got a copy of it, and uh, and I took key excerpts that put more perspective on what was in the movie. January 1st, Wade Keller Hotline, which was a return of the Ask the Editor format. I answered questions about the Von Erich movie. What era of the Von Erich's careers would I have added to the movie if they had 15 or 30 extra minutes to work with? Also, why did Kevin Dunn leave WWE? I have insight into the situation, and I conveyed it in an answer to a VIP member question. And also, will Tony Khan really go in a more sports-like direction in 2024? Those are just some of the topics covered in a Wade Keller Hotline. Ask the Editor Edition, 30 minutes in length, posted on January 1st. I could go on and on. So much comes with the VIP membership, an ad-free VIP website, mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly, uh, so much more. Check out full details at pwtorch.com slash govip. Click on the sign-up link. Coupon code New Year 2024 to get $6 off. $3.99 to try us for a month is a great deal, and hopefully you'll stick around beyond that for $9.99. All right, now let's get back to today's podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's AEW Dynamite. Andrew, we have perhaps answered the question, I mean pretty definitively here, what the plan is for Sting's final match. Uh, Sting and Darby defeat Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs in the main event of the homecoming episode of AEW Dynamite in Jacksonville, Florida. Outdoors in 40-some degree weather at Daly's Place. And then when it seems the show is over, it's not. Out come the Young Bucks, Nick 
Jackson dressed in all an all white suit and a Kangol hat, and Matt Jackson in all black. Announcers say they look different, they're carrying themselves differently, and they appeared to be calling out Sting or trying to overshadow Sting in this moment, but also call him out for a match for Sting's retirement match. Um, I had pitched this or, or you know speculated about it being, I think, a good fit, worthy of Sting's final match if it's not going to be a singles match, which it ought not be. Um, I mean, you could, but I'd rather have Darby out there doing a bunch of stuff and carrying the bulk of the action. We'll get into Sting's bump in a minute. Um, but, you know, the Bucks are a big part of this company, and, uh, you know, they went heel. Um, if they uh, play this right, I think it can feel like a, a worthy, and an AEW-centric, AEW-world-appropriate final match for Sting. What, what's your initial reaction to this? Um, yeah, I think it's a good fit. Uh, for Sting because uh, you're going to need a couple of guys to do the vast majority of the work. Uh, I mean, Sting's only going to take like a couple uh, like genuine, you know, bumps on his back during the match. So you need... And also fall out the scoreboard. Yeah, he's going to do something (laughs) insane too. Which I'm already worried about at this point in time. Um, But yeah, you're going to need some smaller guys. And the thing is like some people might want, you know, Sting to face somebody from his past, but like... You know, he's been around for so long. I don't even know. You know, what are you going to bring in like Goldberg or DDP yeah. or somebody? Like, yeah. I, I, so I think if you want somebody modern, you want like a first time matchup and two guys that really like mean a lot to, I guess, AEW. Um, I think that's pretty much on the high end uh, of choices they could do right now. I like it. And, and the Bucks can just take crazy bumps for Sting and they can be bump machines for him. They can put him over mm-hmm. and be obnoxious and let the fans, instead of chanting, this is awesome in AEW, hopefully be chanting for Sting and against the Bucks by the time we get to this match if they, you know, play this right. Because, um, you know, I think they I think they can get the fans worked up into uh, a state of mind of just really wanting to see Darby and Sting shut them up and show them up. And I hope that's the approach they take in the build to the match, and I think the Bucks could be really effective with it. I think some time off might be good for them hitting the reset button on more than just their demeanor and their their ring gear. Um, what would you make of, of the Bucks' new look, by the way? Uh, I enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks... They look like heels. They look like a, yeah, a couple of jerks. What was the name of the hat that you said he was a wearing? Kangol hat? K. Kangol? Oh. K-A-N-G-O-L. You can look it up. That's... Oh, interesting. Didn't yeah. know that had a name. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I thought they. Uh, uh, I thought it was a nice little reset for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm not crazy about the Callis family being like sort of in the background on this. Like, I think the Callis yeah. family, you know, Takeshita and Hobbs should be protected and and pushed, and it should be you know a big thing. And for this match, you know, yes, it's it's good. It was a TV main event and all that, and they'll they'll be fine. And Ross talked up Hobbs and Takeshita's, you know, really good and all that, but. It did sort of feel like, all right, sweep them out, sweep them out of the way, so the big stars can come out. And I, I don't think I think if there's a negative to anything that happened here, it's it's that um, because Hobbs and Takeshita against Sting and Darby, if promoted right, could have been Sting's final match. And instead, they do fall back to you know AEW legacy stars, AEW originals, EVPs um, in in the Bucks. I, I frankly like the match better. I just there's a little bit of yeah, sweep these guys out of the way when you are kind of going to be depending on them to be important players. So not a not a harsh critique, but I would say that visually that's the only thing. But at the same time, as the counterpoint, even if I had you know brought that up at a meeting, I could make my own counterpoint, which is well, we need it. We need the Bucks coming out to be at the end of a big match that people care about. And 
this was, you know, a tornado match and Hobbs and Takeshi got in a lot of offense and, you know, we'll heat them up again. But, you know, we got to transition to something else and we also want to do a finish. So I get it. Um, I don't even know that I have a great counterexample. So I'm kind of arguing against my own point. But it is just sort of a negative that comes along with it. It, it felt like they were diminished just a little bit given that by the end it, it was sort of like, you know, who who they wrestle? Oh, yeah, those guys. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that because they, they spent, like, so much time doing nothing with Takeshita. And then the past few weeks, they finally started to seem to, like, get behind him again. He went over Darby clean. Uh, and, and it seems like, I, ideally, you would have just had them beat, like, Kyle Fletcher and maybe, like, Sammy Guevara if he was still in the group at that point. You know, mm-hmm. two of, the, like, the lesser stars. Um, so, yeah, I... I I'm not a big fan of that, but also at the same time, I get it. Like, it's the feel-good story, Sting's end of his career. I don't think people will be really thinking about this in a couple of months, but um, short-term, it's not a great move for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, Sting's jump off the stage at Daly's Place, uh, uh, doing a Scorpion Death Drop um, on Hobbs. They had two tables set up. They overshot the first table. I I don't... I think AEW... And wrestler wrestling promotions and wrestlers in general would be it'd be good to hire like someone who I don't know would it be a degree in, in physics or 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 mathematics or yeah. someone who's good at pool who just knows like billiards who knows angles because if you leap off a stage mm-hmm. you're not you don't need a table like right under it you need to move it out like two feet <laughs> yeah. you know two three feet yeah. so you hit both because Sting's bump would have been a lot less dangerous. It was going to be dangerous, and we see why. Any miscalculation and the impact can be great, and I hope he's fine. Um, but he was talking to Darby and talking to the, the flair and talking to the doctor, and, I mean, you know, I, I don't take lightly, you know, that type of landing that he had. But just move the tables out a little bit so you land on both, and that'll break your fall a little more. And instead, he landed on one and then fell backwards with great force onto the back of his neck and head. Um, and, and, boy, was he, you know, if it was if he wasn't hurt, he was selling convincingly. So, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, fine not seeing 60 something year old staying on his look what i can do look what i'm willing to give back to the business tour i i just i think it's selfish of fans to want that and i think it's ill-advised of uh and just a mistake of for tony khan to allow it um sting doesn't need to do that stuff he's he's he can do his signature moves in the ring and do safer things and fans will still adore him i, I don't think anybody wants to see him well no of course nobody wants to see him get hurt so anyway that's my take how about yours andrew yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, it, it's not even the first or the second time no. that he's had, like, a bad experience with the table. He had that one where he was, like, trying to jump outside of the ring and he landed on his knees. Um, he had the one where Sammy Guevara did this over, you know, this top rope move on him and he didn't move out of the way in time. Yeah. Uh, and then this, I mean, they should have just, or like, even set up, like, three tables. Like, you can make it look ridiculous. Who cares if he, if he goes through three? Yeah. But, yeah, when he... When he did that, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, my God. Like, what if this is the end of his career? He's not making it to Revolution. Yep. Like, it, it's just so pointless at this point in time to risk something like that. Um, and, yeah, especially at 64. I think he's turning 65 in a month or so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of the definition of crazy. Um, and, you know, I hope... Hope, uh, one, I hope he's fine in the short run and can finish his yeah. career, of course. Um, even just him taking the flatback bump he took. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what uh, what move it was. He was always, Takeshita, he was doing stinger splashes and he hit, I think he hit Hobbs, but then Takeshita knocked him down. Like, even just him at his age doing flatback bumps, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, 
But uh, I hope he makes it. But I also, I mean, what kind of pain or ramifications are there going to be two years from now because of this stuff that he's that he's doing? And so, yeah, I just it's not what I want to watch. I mean, it, I you know, it, yes, you can admire him for what he's giving back, but I mean, do you really want? Mm-hmm. Do, is it really worth it for you sitting at home or in the crowd to see Sting do this to his body and take the chances at his age that he's taking for a little thrill that you can have at, at the expense of maybe him, how he's going to feel later in life? You know, I mean, that was only Anderson's, you know, grumpy old man critique of Mick Foley, but he wasn't wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, those yeah. bumps were going to add up. And, and you know, Dynamite Kid ended up in a wheelchair. So I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I want to make the point and emphasize it and then move on i think it's a bad idea and i want i I think everyone should be letting sting know you're not scoring points with us doing this um you know it's and we'd be completely happy in fact happier not cringing and worrying about you but letting seeing you use your charisma and your signature safer spots to tell stories in the ring yeah the thing that it's like stands out to me as very odd is that that's never how sting got over in the first place yes um, like he, he didn't do that in WCW in the early nineties. He didn't do it as crow sting. He didn't do it in TNA. He didn't do it as joker sting. He didn't do it in WWE. <laughs> keep going, keep problem. going. There's all these other stings. No, I'm yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, it, in a weird way. So the movie, the wrestler, the, the Mickey Rourke one, yeah. I always thought that was ridiculous at the time that they had Randy, the Ram do such like a crazy death matches. I'm like, legends wouldn't do that <laughs> at that age. And yeah. I would tell my friends that who didn't get wrestling. I'm like, yeah, that does, it's not – they don't really do it that at, at that point in their careers. And I am wrong because Sting is doing crazy stuff like that. And he's older than Randy the Ram was in that movie by probably a decade. Yep. Yep. Uh, really good comparison, and it's true. There's things that seem unrealistic at the time that come to fruition, and you're like, well, it was uh, more foreshadowing than, than documenting how things had been. Yeah. So – Let's uh let's let's pause here and introduce the show, and then we've got uh, people lining up on the phone lines and uh, perhaps emails. I haven't checked the inbox yet, and uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of emails too. So we've got uh, a lot of topics to talk about on today's show. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Wednesday, January tenth, twenty twenty four. I'm Wade Keller, host of the show. I am just happy that so far, to the best of my knowledge, I have not even once said twenty twenty three. I don't know why, because every year for years I've gotten the year wrong. Um, at some point, as, as the calendar changed, and here I am 10 days into the month, done a bunch of podcasts, and I don't think I've gotten it wrong yet. So I'm patting myself on the back for that, because um, <laughs> every time wow. I say 2024, yeah. I just smile, like a little more proud than I probably should be. <laughs> anyway, um, we're here talking AEW Dynamite, and uh, I'm Wade Keller, host of the show, editor, publisher, and founder of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter and the website pwtorch.com, and I host a bunch of podcasts, including the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows following Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Collision, and the Wade Keller podcast, including the weekly flagship. That's our blue logo show. This is our red logo show with the post shows with our kind of live call-in format. And then the blue shows are more traditional podcasts, and uh, we put up classic interviews and do some other formats there. So if you haven't subscribed to both yet, I recommend you do so. Search Wade Keller in your podcast app and subscribe for free to the red and blue logo shows. Um, and uh, later this week, the uh, flagship uh, will drop Thursday night with Todd Martin as my guest co-host. Um, today, was it today we put up our uh, our flashback to the, the Jake Roberts uh, interview that I conducted? I think it was today or yesterday. So um, we got some really cool um, flashback. Yeah, it was uh, yesterday we put up my interview from 10 years ago with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. And he talked about visiting Raw that week 
can't believe that was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, sharing memories. And then we also added a, uh, a bonus uh, Joel Gertner interview reminiscing about ECW days and, and other things that uh, Pat McNeil conducted that same week. So um, cool stuff always on uh, both feeds. And while you're at it, search PW Torch and subscribe to the PW Torch Daily Cast and our PW T- Torch VIP free sample feed. Um, both uh, logos should pop up. The colorful one is the free live cast with a different topic each day of the week and different hosts. And then the uh, charcoal colored show is our VIP free sample page. And that's where if you're an iPhone, Apple podcast user, uh, the native Apple podcast app, you can actually upgrade within that app using your Apple account to upgrade to our ad-free versions of our free shows and also get our entire VIP podcast lineup, which is just for our paid members. All right, so the other voice you hear on the show is Andrew Socek, speaking of the PW Torch Daily Cast. And uh, speaking of homecoming, Andrew, it's been a long time since we did a show together. Um, you and Mike McMahon on hiatus as Mike's yeah. uh, schedule uh, for uh, non-wrestling life uh, prevented him from watching uh, AW shows live and really just carving out time to do podcasts. And so um, he, we're going to try to work out a time for Mike to be on as co-host here in the next month or two um, when his schedule allows. But it's great that we worked out having you on here early in the new year. How is life? How have you been? Uh, I've been good. I I am getting to the, like every week I've been talking wrestling for, you know, an hour and a half or so with Mike. So it is really weird not to have somebody to talk wrestling with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's just like you get into the habit of like needing to express your opinions on I knew, I was just texting Mike last night about like oh did you see this like Jinder Mahal like <laughs> yes <laughs> yep. I'm like we would have done a solid half hour on that and he's I like, know. oh yeah like that's not so uh, I, I wish you guys yeah. just like instead of texting just like let's just record something for 10 minutes we'll put up like 10 minutes you guys just talking about this stuff and give oh, your would... give your fans <laughs> a, a, you know who are Jones and for you a little a little uh, nugget yeah, I would like to hear Mike's. Mike was much more of a ranter, and then I would just kind of sit yes. there and giggle and, and chime in. <laughs> totally. And, yeah. So yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll get back to that uh, when his time uh, comes up. Yes, of course. Yeah. By the way, uh, Rich Fan, Posting Torch columnist, Rich Fan, and I talked um, for close to an hour about that topic and uh, the, the whole thing that kind of the, the foundation of it, which is who deserves world title shots and when, how much does it matter, when, when is it, you know, the whole range of things and, and comparing. Um, the way the Continental Classics or the Continental Crown title was challenger was first decided among, you know, four sort of rando mid-carters and then uh, Hook throwing out the challenge, which I didn't have a problem with um, and was intrigued by and wanted to see the follow-up. And then, of course, the Jinder Mahal thing, which I also didn't have a problem with. Everybody's fighting over things. I had more of an issue with the Continental Crown and the follow-up to that than I did um, Hook and, and Jinder for different reasons. Um, but Rich and I went in depth on that, um, on the VIP exclusive, everything with Rich and Wade. So, um, we, uh, you know, get together just about every Tuesday and, and review the top stories of the week and sometimes go really in depth on the most, uh, controversial, often social media based story. Rich is, um, our kind of go-to guy for what's going on on social media. And, uh, he was able to kind of brief, uh, the people who aren't also in that show on, on exactly what happened. But Andrew, this is about you and it's about tonight's dynamite, um, <laughs> Good to have you back. We got a lot more to talk about, including the Hook Joe thing and uh, Swerve and and Hangman. Seems like maybe we're setting up a triple threat, so we'll get into that and and much much more. Looking forward to this. Let me give out the phone number, and then we're going to just promptly get to calls. I don't want to leave people waiting too long on hold. If you want to get in line on the phone lines, the number is three four seven two one five eight five five eight. That's three four seven two one five eight five five eight. When you call, push one. That flags you on our switchboard so that we know 
that you want to be on the show and you're not just calling to listen in. You can also email us at wadekellerpodcast at gmail.com. Please note it is now at gmail.com, not at pwtorch.com. We're having a bunch of emails that were not getting to us through our in-house server, so we just switched to Gmail because it just would be more reliable for spam spam filtering and that type of thing. So um, be sure it doesn't auto-filter at PWTorch or we might not get it. Um, so it's wadekellerpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get to uh, emails during the show also. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, 
anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, Andrew, let's, uh, let's begin taking calls and see where uh, callers lead us here on uh, various topics. And we will start with Chris in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, or Newfoundland, or I'll just say NF. How's it going, Chris? Gentlemen, good evening. How are we? Uh, doing, doing good. Hanging in there. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is Newfoundland, but uh, we'll forgive you, Wade. You're, you're, you're a long way away. I know that. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all good. Uh, first of all, Andrew, great to hear you on the airwaves again. Uh, you and Mike was one of the highlights of my week, so it's good to have you back talking wrestling. It's really great to, to hear that. Oh, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed it. to say this, but Wade, how's the knee? <laughs> <laughs> um, haven't, haven't even thought about it since the last time someone asked, so it must be in good shape. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. That's, I, I hope this doesn't last oh, into 2025, that, unless I re-injure it or something. Um, it, it, the, the, the bit is still funny. I'm just a little worried it might go on longer than, than I, that I'm amused by it. Anyway, go ahead, Chris. Thank you for your concern. Uh, yeah, I, I got to wonder, um, and I think there's a larger point here. Do you think there was an issue with condensation in the ring tonight? Those ring lights are really hot. It was about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in real people temperature. Um, <laughs> but people, especially in the first couple of matches, they seemed really clunky. Like Hangman and, and Cesaro are capable, or, or Claudio are capable of a much better match than that. The eight-man tag seemed really off. And everything just seemed kind of clunky. Like Sammy Guevara, when he went up for that uh, moonsault to the outside, just took an age to get up there and steady himself, which to be fair, is, is, is situation normal for him. But everything just felt really clunky. Do you think that there, there could have been something like safety-related in the ring tonight? Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Did that jump out to you, that things were clumsier and more tentative than usual? I thought something seemed a little off. Nothing major tonight, but I also didn't catch that. It was so cold out. So now that uh, I'm hearing that, I imagine wrestling in 50 degrees like outdoors is much different than uh, being indoors at 70 degrees. So I imagine that's going to throw you off uh, a little bit. So I think that probably makes some sense, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll ask around, Chris. I, I will, just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see if that was an issue. Yeah, just something that, that, that came to mind. But um, more to the point, the I thought Swerve and Joe specifically were excellent in that uh, in that segment earlier hangman was a little too yelly uh for my liking and i could have done without hook coming out it just felt like a parade of entrance themes at that point but swerve and joe really gave that quiet intensity that wait i know in particular you're a big fan of there wasn't any unnecessary overmodulation. they were cold to the point of almost being scary and i thought that mission statement and that really made me want to see that match. I really hope it isn't a triple threat. I think Swerve and Joe could be great. The problem is one of them has to win. <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on, on that segment, how that unfolded. Yeah, I, first of all, I liked, I liked Hangman tonight, um, and I liked, I liked him walking into the ring and looking like a, a dead serious person on a mission. Um, but he does have a tendency to – and, and um, Adam Copeland's like this too, where like there's like level one to three – and there's level like eight to eleven, but there's no four, five, six, seven. Um, and 
and with Hangman, sometimes when he's intense, like just being at seven or eight is fine. We don't need to go to 10 or 11. I didn't, it didn't jump out to me as much tonight as it has other times where like sometimes when he's like doing that, that promo where it's just vile and here's what I'm going to do to you. And you're like, whoa. And he goes, and here's, here's what else I'm going to do to you. And you're like, whoa. And then like three minutes later, he's still naming all these things you're going to do to someone. You're like, okay, that's enough. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty good tonight um, from him. But yeah, Swerve and Joe were great. Uh, Joe is just, you know, just owning that ring. And Swerve is carrying himself like every bit the main eventer in waiting. And um, and I, I'm just, you know, you've got Joe and Swerve, two heels, and they're staying heel. Joe's ripping on, well, it seemed like he was ripping on the, the local community. And um, Swerve, you know, being Swerve still, I guess, in heel mode. It, it seems like they're heels who fans want to cheer. And so it's like, ah, it's a pick em. And then Hangman comes out. I'm like, so it's going to be an even tougher choice because, you know, lots of fans like Hangman, especially if they do do a three-way uh andrew uh talk about that segment and things that chris and i just brought up yeah overall i thought this segment was pretty good i thought it was a little awkward the way that like swerve just like turned away and walked away because that the segments just don't ever end like that yeah. and then so you knew somebody else was like was that coming Nana's, out. it was that prince nana's urging so at least it wasn't swerve yeah. doing it on his own but yeah it, it did stand out like wait a second yeah, because he didn't he didn't say anything in return. He just like yep. backed away and walked off. And I was yep. like, eh, I can't imagine like even like heel rock doing somebody. You know, pick right. pick your person. Yeah. Uh, and then Hangman, I think, basically did the exact same thing. If you overlook that, you know, just to get to hook. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought Joe was doing a solid job uh, as champ so far. Um, the, yeah, I guess the thing for me is I I want to have Joe as the champion for a bit. It doesn't need to be a year, but you know maybe six months uh and i really want swerve to be champ eventually <laughs> too so i'm like i don't really want this match right now um i imagine hangman's taking the fall <laughs> if it's if it's a three-way i i kind of i hope so you know i mean we've kind of been there done that with him and hangman's good but i don't think he's the answer to getting aw to the next level or you know just yeah. you know there's hangman's sort of been the the poster boy for AEW kind of spinning their wheels with characters and with feuds and stuff and people just kind of existing in a little a little bubble on an island of their buddies kind of rehashing feuds and, and making references to things that now are five, six, seven years old and we're on social media and YouTube. Um, and, you know, I think AEW should build its, have built its own history that feuds are built on, not things that happen on the indie scene or Japan or, or YouTube or social media. And... You also want to build a, a fresh history in in year five that has nothing to do with what you're doing in year two um, or three. And and Swerve and Joe feel like that. I mean, it's weird saying that about Joe for as long as he's been around, but he is fresh. And people have been wanting to see Joe really be featured on top um, in a, in a national company at the level that AEW is at and be committed to him. And I, I'm with you. I want to see Andrew. I want to see Joe champ for a while. I want Swerve to be champ. Maybe going to it now can be a boost to swerve but then something happens to put you know move him in onto something else but he's the one who circles back in four six eight twelve months and unseats joe but this initial feud is something then you can kind of look back on as as the beginning of something that they went full circle on um because yeah if, if joe passes the title to swerve i don't want it to be soon but i'm i like what i see with swerve i want to see if it works I'm not 100% sure they can build around Swerve and get to the next level, but but I don't know that there's a better candidate, and I, there's a lot of good indications it's it's worth trying and has a really good shot. So, uh, so yeah. Well, Chris, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Any any follow up on any of that or, or a different topic? 
Yeah, I'll follow up on that a bit. Uh, I can't book anything past August simply because I don't see any world where Will Ospreay doesn't win the title at Wembley. Oh, uh, good point. I, I'd put money on that happening. Yeah. So, so maybe, I don't know maybe, who he needs to win it from. Yeah. Well, maybe he's a heel and Swerve. Hangman, that's Swerve's maybe? big babyface moment is beating Will Ospreay and not Joe. Yeah. It, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that they want any moment other than Osprey standing tall with the title at Wembley. So I don't know how they get to that. Yeah. But I, I do want Swerve to have his, his shot at the top. And the fact that WWE still is reluctant to, to, to give a, a black person the world title, putting Swerve on top really does send a message that, frankly, AEW has dropped the ball entirely on sending in their entire five-year history. So there's that aspect to consider as well. Um, just to shift on to uh, uh, one of the other topics I wanted to bring up. Um, I'm glad you mentioned about Sting being 64. He turned 65 just after Revolution. I think it's like two weeks after the show. Uh, Wade, we're about the same age, but you are in far better shape than I could ever hope to be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can say you could not do the things that Sting is doing, even being considerably younger than he is. Oh, I could so do it, but I but I wouldn't I wouldn't stay, I would be in bed for you know or <laughs> I mean I can leap off of high places, but I just am not trained to land, and it's not. I this is the thing. I could be twenty years younger, and I don't think the result would be much different. I, I mean, at the, it, like you just got to be trained exactly. to do it. But uh, seriously, when you're sixty five and have the mileage that Sting has, and what it was that made him who he was, it wasn't these types of moves and these types of bumps. So it's it yeah. I mean, even if Sting was like. 45 i i'm not sure that i'd be saying much different but it it, it becomes it, the the kind of the undercurrent of ridiculousness is so much stronger with him at the age that he's at but even if he's on a retirement tour in his mid-40s as andrew pointed out it's not what he's known for so why do it you've got the rest of your life no. be healthy it's not it's not like with jeff hardy where nobody wants really to see jeff hardy doing what he's doing now anyway but that's yeah. what he's known for right, exactly but yeah. If Sting just stands on the apron, tags in, does a Stinger splash, Scorpion death drop, Scorpion death lock, yep. very safe. Everybody's going to pop for all of those moves. He yells at the crowd a few times, goes back, collects his paycheck. Nobody thinks any less of him. Right. It's just, it's crazy. And and the show's no worse off. So, I mean, stunt bumps should not be no. the be-all, end-all for very many people. I mean, for Darby, it doesn't even have to be. It is, but it doesn't have to be because Darby's got other attributes too. Well, and the thing, well, Darby's like a, a third of Sting's age. Well, not quite, but and a third of definitely under half his age. And like, we, we we expect that from him, right? Yeah, so exactly. I think what I really want, this is my, my larger point here. Um, I would like for AEW, specifically, I would like Shad Khan to hire Lance Storm <laughs> and handcuff him to Tony Khan. <laughs> and so anytime Tony Khan does anything, whether it's booking a show or tweeting or setting up an incredibly ugly layout for the stage at Daly's place so that everything is off-center all night, he has to run it by Lance Storm first. <laughs> because if there is a man who needs a filter right now, it's Tony Khan. I, I thought Vince McMahon needed a filter, but Tony does so badly right now, whether it's picking unnecessary fights on, on social media or, or whatever he's doing. Like, can somebody please just rein this man in and take away his toys before he ruins his company?
Got our PW Torch VIP sale going on right now, a New Year's sale. We don't normally do this. Get $6 off a VIP membership right now with coupon code New Year 2024. That's New Year 2024. Take $6 off our normal $9.99 monthly rate. That gives you a month of VIP membership for $3.99. Act now. It's a limited time offer here to kick off the New Year 2024. So many perks. Come with VIP membership, our retro world-class championship wrestling review, our post-pay-per-view reviews, both in podcast and written format, ad-free versions of our free shows like this one, and so much more. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP, coupon code NEWYEAR2024, and take $6 off a one-month, three-month, or one-year VIP subscription. Andrew, uh, it's been a while. Since you've gotten to chime in on this or list or, or chuckle as uh, Mike rants about it, but um, you, you're aware of it. You and Mike were, uh, were were texting about it. What what's your take on uh, on on where Tony Khan is today and, and how you feel about him? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I think Tony is maybe two years older than me, and I just I don't go on <laughs> I don't go on Twitter and do stuff like that. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's a bad look for him. It looks petty. Um, and the whole thing too, like I didn't understand it. Uh, and I, I go on Reddit just to like, see what's kind of going on, what people are talking about in wrestling. And I, and I didn't, I didn't see like any threads of people saying like, oh, we're pissed off that hook has a title shot. This is ridiculous. So I, I didn't see this backlash that he was talking about in the first place. Uh, and second, like it doesn't really matter that like if you go to WWE like in Jinder Mahal like beat up Seth Rollins like that's the storyline it, it didn't you know he doesn't need to have those wins because he's just saying like hey you you attacked me I'll give you a shot because I'm gonna beat you up <laughs> like he's just so I, I I don't get why Tony decided to pick that fight especially at a time too when more people are liking WWE than they have in the past 20 years or so um so yeah I. I'm like embarrassed for him. Yeah, yeah. Lance Storm would, uh, you know, someone with his uh, perspective, if not Lance specifically, would be a good counter voice, a good counter perspective on a day to day basis. Um, and I think would rein in rein in some of this stuff. I mean, the idea that you would at the level that Tony Khan is at and the position he's in, I like. I can't imagine Paul Levesque, and Paul's not that much older than Tony Khan, like a dozen years. Um, and it's not nothing, but it's not like Vince McMahon. It's like he's not gonna, he's gonna make a snide comment like on a press conference, but it's gonna be sort of passive aggressive or kind of snarky, but sort of like, I don't know, in a moment. But he, you don't get this image of him just sitting around with his phone, like getting all worked up over some rando saying some random thing who's just a troll, and then feeding that troll exactly what they're looking for, and having that be something he's got time in the day to do. You know, I mean, Paul Levesque has talked about, it. I don't have the bandwidth to, to train to have a comeback match. Like, I got too much stuff going on uh, between professional stuff and family stuff and taking care of his health. Where does Tony get the bandwidth for this? And what is his social media time offsetting? What is it displacing that could make AEW better or just make him happier? Like, just sit down and read a book. <laughs> get up, get off. Uh, Sean Radican has a really good column on pwtorch.com that I hope everybody checks out where he talks about his personal journey through social media and gives advice to Tony and says, you know, what I also feel. It, it, it's like that stuff that's said, it, it's like a, a drop in, in the water on a lake. It just dissipates if you don't obsess about it. It's just the stuff doesn't matter. Of course, there's going to be people who are anti-AW are going to say things to poke you. Don't, don't, who cares? 
Like, if you read it, who cares? And better yet, don't even don't even put yourself in a position to read it. Have the confidence that you're doing something that makes sense. Reasonable people might disagree, and that's not anything to get worked up over. And it's certainly not something worthy of ranting and trying to pull out some example from the other company that you think is worse that just leads to a, a, a thousand people going, yeah, think about all the title shots you've given out. Here's all these examples of bad title shots given out by AEW because they have no criteria. They're worse than WWE, but neither are great. And we can pick on them, but it's a wrestling business where you're feeding matches to a very hungry TV and pay-per-view industry, and they can do a better job. But the fact is, is there's going to be some title shots that are a little flaky in terms of the rationale for for granting someone a shot at a title and you know you want i'd like to see them do a better job you know explaining framing planning ahead but the fact is is this is it's just not that big of a deal it it, nobody be talking about this because tony is early in the set he's he was very early in this hook storyline if he's confident in it just say well these people are ripping on it now in through in in a week and a half they're going to see it was no big deal and we thought it through and it worked out uh chris back to you uh, I just, I, I think Lance Storm, actually, the more I think about it, is just a great choice overall because he's well-respected. He's got a logical head on his shoulders. He's a great trainer as well. He's trained some of the best people to come out of, of training schools recently. And it just Tony, just the difference between Tony and the worst parts of the wrestling internet <laughs> is about $3 billion. That's yep. it. Yep. He's just a, 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 a smock with a lot of money. And when that person is running a wrestling company specifically for people like him. I've been saying this for a while. No North American wrestling promotion has ever succeeded on a major scale purely through quality of matches. If that were the case, Ring of Honor would have beaten WWE 20 years ago. It's never been the case, and it's never going to be the case because the mainstream public doesn't care how good a match is. They want characters. They want reasons for people to fight. And Tony isn't giving us that for the most part. And it's to the point now where he's decided to abandon that and just go for the sports aspect. Great. That's fine. But then if you're going to separate yourself from WWE like that, you can't compare the reasons that you're giving title shots (laughs) because you're completely different entities now. Yeah. So you're contradicting yourself. I could go on for this about this for hours, but I've spoken about wrestling so much over the past week, I think I should let other people have a shot. Right. I do want to go with one more quick thing. Yeah. The tribute thing tonight. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like there was very much mention made of it. I was wondering why the heck we had this random eight-person tag with teams that made no sense. And then it was, uh, they mentioned it was a tribute thing. If I'm running a tribute eight-person tag, I don't think I'm announcing somebody from a graveyard, just throwing that out there. But uh, yeah. more to the point, remember when Kanosuke Takeshita beat Kenny Omega twice? Mm-hmm. Because nobody else does. Yeah. And that guy is so, so good. He's unreal good. I heard him on Jericho's podcast. He speaks great English. He should be... He should have been in the ring with Hangman and Swerve. But instead, he's losing and being ushered out of the arena. Yep. So I, I'll leave you on that question. What are they doing with Takeshita? Why is he being pushed back down the card? Is there anything going on that we don't know about? Like, why can't they just let this guy be successful? Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, good question. Yeah, I mean, Takeshita, I'm not saying the ship has sailed. It hasn't. But there's only one opportunity to treat somebody as a phenomenon who it just arrives on the scene and it just like 
just shoots shoots themselves to the top through success and you put the the machine behind them the the uh, the announcers and the the other the wrestlers are talking about him and and just marveling at at his skill and he's this this prodigy who just comes on and if you instead define someone down and have them just sort of merge into the speed of traffic and they're just another guy it's a lot harder it takes it's it's like you know deadlifting without momentum at all it's just it becomes more difficult so i do feel they they it's been a lost opportunity and when you have don Callis as a spokesman then you don't need to worry about takeshita not being a, a, a polished experienced pro wrestling style promo um to sell himself it, it just it's that becomes a non-factor so yeah i mean to me it was a missed opportunity if everything was going great otherwise in every other way you'd be like oh, okay that works out fine but don Callis managing a dominant Takeshita as a world champion is a viable alternative to consider compared to joe andrew what do you think yeah i don't get it at all what they've done with him uh because like the biggest thing that they the biggest storyline they could have had for at least a little while was like him beating kenny omega and like really making a big deal out of that uh but omega like really didn't come after him for revenge or anything it just they just like did they kind of dropped it and for as we've seen like the person who gets the most heat uh in in the company uh, maybe outside of like christian is don Callis, and they don't use him like anywhere near as much as they should and if they really just focused on him and Takeshita as like this major heel act like i i could have seen him um, i i know like todd martin i believe like uh I don't know if he pitched it or somebody. I think a reader like originally brought it up, like him, like uh, Takeshita beating MJF. I was like, yeah, I could see that. Like, I, I like in a different timeline, he would be champ right now, uh, and instead he's kind of aimless. Yeah, and and I'm not against Joe being champion, but one of the side effects of Joe being champion is this guy again, this guy who was ROH champ and TNA champ and was a yeah. Raw announcer and. It's like, wait, he's he's the guy in this upstart. Uh, um, uh, oh, what's the term? Uh, Rich fan uses the, uh, um, the the underdog brand. I can't think of the the term right now. Um, and you've got Joe. It doesn't. I, I like. I love Joe, and I love that he's in this chance. So I'm I'm endorsing this move. I'm just acknowledging that there's a negative that Joe has to overcome, which is him in 2024. Really, um, where Takeshita, it's like. If you're AW and you're confident and you've got this big platform and this big budget and a major cable station, you get to like basically elevate somebody who wasn't on the radar two, three years ago and have them seem like the red hot current thing. And, you know, for, with all of Joe's attributes, that's not what he would project. But Don Callis managing to catch the woods. So, you know, there, there's pros and cons to to those things. But, yeah, um, Chris is right. Um, they th- now he is just sort of merchant speed of traffic. He's just another guy. And he's not being protected, and it's going to be a lot harder to, if they decide they really want to try to get the most out of him, they've made it more difficult to get the most that they could have gotten out of him compared to what they could have, I should say. Yeah, for sure. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. All right, let's go to uh, Larry in Beardstown, Illinois, and then on deck is Keith in Virginia. Uh, Larry, thanks for calling. What's on your mind about Dynamite tonight? Hey, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've. Uh, called uh 
sounds like you guys are still uh, carrying on the uh, greatness of uh, your show. Well, thank you. Blatant brown nosing here. It's been a <laughs> while. But, uh, hey, I just wanted to uh, um, just uh, make a, a quick comment on the end of the show. Um, well, one thing I noticed, uh, I noticed the camera cut away. Was it me or was um, Ric Flair legi- look like he was legitimately having trouble um, getting out of the ring? Not, you know, as any part of any wrestling show, but he just kind of looked like... Yeah, I know Ric Flair's old, but that was kind of caught my eye, and I thought, oh, wow, that's kind of bad. I didn't know if you guys had noticed that or not. I'm, I'm used to Flair looking like he's moving pretty gingerly. You know, we talk about Sting doing stuff. I mean, Flair's out there, you know, throwing chops and getting physical in the ring. Um, also, at, at his age and what with what he's been through, it's, it's not just Sting who is um you know perhaps doing age and physical condition inappropriate things he was moving gingerly i didn't notice myself but there was a brief transition from the end of my dvr to our window to switching over to uh the bucks coming out so i missed like 20 seconds in just going to live tbs con- uh uh the live tbs feed so maybe i missed something andrew anything to about to you uh, I was watching him as he originally went down the ring steps, and he did look pretty gingerly, and I was nervous that he was going to trip. Uh, I I don't know. I just like whenever he walks now, I I, I just kind of like think something might happen. Um, yeah, and inside the ring, that was uh, not the greatest of his chops, and that was the absolute slowest uh, eye poke I think I've ever seen. Like, you know, Takeshi probably shouldn't have to sell that at this point. Um, yeah, it was uh he's not yeah, he's not moving around so well, I'd say. Uh Larry, uh, back to you. And um I wanted to I wanted to make a maybe a, a comment, maybe an opinion uh, you could say about the uh, the end of the show and I'm watching it and the Young Bucks music hits and and my my initial reaction, you know, when they came out was you know, that they have a different look and everything, but I was being a fan. I thought, eh. and I started thinking, you know, why, why these guys, they could do Are there other people that they could set something up with, with sting and Darby or have a history with either of them. And, and then I, I, I it'll sound weird, but it's almost like I snapped out of it. It's like, you know what? You've been a fan for 40 years. Give them the time and the opportunity to build something. See where it goes from here. Why did they come out? What's their issues? How is it going to play out? I know that sounds a little weird to say, but uh, I went from, eh, you know, those two to, well, let's give it a chance. This could be something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think it's that what you went through is is fair. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I what I like a lot actually, and I don't, I think they do a terrible job for this for the most part of promoting matches uh, away ahead of time. Like this is almost two months, so we have like two months to figure out what's going on, get excited for the match, really put over that it stings final appearance, and hopefully they finally really get to do that because I think one of my nitpicks from tonight was the fact that we didn't get to hear from Sting beforehand and say like, hey. This is my last time in Daly's place. Like this, you know, this is where I debuted. Uh, I'm going to go out and, and win this match, whatever he's going to say. But I think they've been doing a pretty bad job until, well, maybe now until, you know, really building up and getting over every city he's in. Like, hey, this is the last time you're going to get to see him. 
I, I'm sort of nodding along, but then there's also all the history of Sting's promos always, like almost always, um, a little qualifier there, being letdowns. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, like I was, Sting was most successful when he said nothing and did nothing and sat in the rafters because he has this aura about him that very few people in the last 40 years have had. And and then there's this athleticism he had when he was young, the spring in his legs for somebody his size. And there's a lot of attributes he has, but keeping his train of thought and having his vo- voice match the aura has never been a strength of his. And so... There's part of me that like I like when I hear from Sting, and then I'm like by the end I'm like, oh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> so I have mixed I have mixed feelings, Andrew, about that. I know what you're saying though, because for a while it was like, we, this is Sting's farewell tour. Shouldn't we do more to make that apparent? And it f- felt half-hearted, and to a degree it still does. Maybe there's a way to produce something where there's some post-production pizzazz and editing put in, um, where it's not just him standing alive with a microphone in front of his face, losing his train of thoughts on the 40th anniversary, the first time he lost his train of thoughts on live TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, just, just like a small note, like I I was there in Minneapolis um, when they were there at the, Oh wait, no target center. Is that St. Paul? Uh, I should know this. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, you should Minneapolis target center. I'm very embarrassed. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I was there. Yes, there we go. They did not. Oh yeah, they they did not announce at all that like Sting was gonna be there. Yeah, uh, and he just like showed up on until like I was actually at the show and they're like, oh yeah, he's gonna be on Rampage. And I was like, wow, like I had no idea that was coming. Maybe that's like more on local marketing, but still, they could have like mentioned that the week before that <laughs> yeah. Sting was gonna be in the arena. For sure, for sure, yeah. All right, uh, uh, Larry, back to you. It's about uh, all I wanted to to bring up. Uh, we can get some uh, other callers on here and um. It's uh, kind of nice to call in again. I'll probably uh, try and call again uh, next week. Until then, yeah, great. so long from the land of Lincoln. Thank you. I appreciate it, Larry, and uh, Happy New Year. If I'm still allowed to say that, I think so, since I haven't said it to you yet. Take care. Our number is 347-215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. When you call, push 1, and that'll flag you on the switchboard so we know you want to be on the show. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. All right, we'll go to Keith in Virginia next. Keith, thanks for holding. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind about Dynamite tonight? Hey, guys. You, um, you guys are doing a great job, and um, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. Thanks for asking. Good, yeah. Uh, it's good to hear from you again, Andrew. 
Oh, um, thank you so much. The show is so the show is sorely missed. Um, oh, appreciate that. You, you came a long way from you came a long way from TNA to talking about soap to <laughs> to where it, it went to where it went. So I, I hope to hear you guys back at some point. Um, watching tonight's show, uh, it gave me WCW vibes. Uh, and perhaps I'm being overly dramatic. Um, I'm starting to think I'm not because the other day I was talking wrestling with my manager at work. My manager is 22 years old. He likes to talk about how kids these days are being raised by their tablets. (laughs) I say that to say that the, the final match tonight had sting get a pin over Hobbs. The last person to get a pin in WCW was Sting, and Ric Flair was also in the main event. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That was almost 23 years ago. There's no reason for that to be happening these days. And this, you know, everything in the universe has a flaw or flaws. Making a mistake, there's nothing wrong with making mistakes, but the thing that kind of hit me in the gut watching the show was that they feel like they're, they're resigned to what they're going to be, which is a death sentence. Um, you had, you had the young bucks come out and I know they didn't do much, but it felt like, well, we're playing heels again. So, you know, you just kind of got to do, that's what we're doing. It didn't, it didn't feel genuine. Um, when your when your backstage issues start overshadowing what you're doing right, and you have and you stick your head in the sand and you start blaming, you know, people picking on us and uh, we we can't do anything right. You're you've lost the fight mm-hmm. because you're, you're now making excuses. You're blaming everybody else but yourself. Tony Khan makes me embarrassed to be a fan of this company. Um, and, and you know, he's a, he's a human like anybody else, but you have to, you can't let this be your whole identity. Um, and tonight, watching Jericho come out to the ring and then playing his music so loud that no, you couldn't let anybody boo, it, it gave me Vince McMahon vibes. That's like, well... We're just going to tell you what you need, and you're going to have to deal with it. So those are questions, but it's kind of where I'm at with this whole product. And, you know, death by a thousand cuts. And a lot of yeah. these cuts, are, they're getting bigger and bigger by the day. So, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Todd Martin, uh, the, the, to catch the as a champion idea, he, uh, yeah. he floated was from a re, uh, uh, email that came in the week before. And that uh-huh. was for me. So oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. nice. There you go. That, that, that was a good idea. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, but anyway, <laughs> that, that's kind of just where I'm at. Cool. Thanks. Heath. So, yeah. So Andrew, you, you covered, you and I covered impact wrestling TNA as of yeah. this week again, more so than, um, 
you know, the, the, the relaunch of the rebranding, um, what is old is new again. Um, and you've seen them, you know, struggle and, 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 you know, from the beginning, they were, they were born out of trying to fill the void left by WCW. I mean, I know because I talked to Jerry Jarrett like multiple times a week for a while about how he wanted, you know, he saw an opportunity for a second national company in absence of WCW. And, and um, long story short, TNA was born and they wanted to pull some of the WCW alum and in, into the company to try to boost some of those early shows. And, and they were, you know, they took the NWA name at first, NWA-TNA, because they wanted, they couldn't own WCW, but then, you know, WCW came in. And the NWA begat WCW, and people identified the NWA nationally as essentially um, just a uh, the same thing as WCW, just a transition during the Ted Turner buyout time. So all of that was there, and it was present, uh, you know, a, a lot. In, in it was a more southern based company, like WCW is perceived, as opposed to New York based um, and or Northeast based. So it, TNA went through that. And it had some pluses and minuses. WCW had a big core fan base and makes sense to appeal to that base if you're trying to fill a void that was recently created through through the you know cancellation and, and buyout of WCW. AEW, on the other hand, is coming a lot later in the process. And if you're still giving off vibes of, you know, we're trying to fill that void or that 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 emptiness that left when WCW went out of business, it's it's a long time later. And a lot of those fans aren't fans anymore, but you can see it. I mean, the 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 graphic presentation, um, there, there's just the colors. The there's a lot about what Tony Khan does that fe- you know, dynamite and nitro. I mean, it's just it's they're not even trying to hide it. Um, and and so that is there. And when you're featuring Flair and Sting, and Flair and Sting have been through WWE also. It's not like they're only WWE people, but there's definitely that vibe that. This company is still kind of pulling from WCW nostalgia. Now it's pulling from other nostalgia too. New Japan nostalgia, PWG nostalgia, um, some TNA nostalgia also. So it's not just that, but that element is there. So in your time covering or analyzing TNA and now from the beginning following and, and analyzing and talking weekly about AEW, how do you grade them as far as that goes? Have they struck a good balance? Is there something to be gained from that? Um, is it a big mistake? And, you know, as as... Keith said, you want to look like you're aspiring to be something new and not trying to just live off of nostalgia, live off of the past. And is there too much of that vibe going on right now with this company, Andrew? Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I think it first it probably made a lot of sense just to like uh, let people know that this is a major player. And hey, remember the times of WCW for for Laps fans because they also like brought in like Tony Schiavone, the the voice of Nitro, basically, uh, and Jim Ross, who was not in WCW, WCW, but was like the main voice of WWF at the time uh, at the Monday Night Wars. So but, but well known as a WCW guy before that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very much. Um, but I think they have got, done some overkill a bit, especially like the branding of Collision just looks like Nitro did, um, which is also really odd because Tony Khan is not a fan of Eric Bischoff these days. Um, so I'm kind of surprised he would want anything to do with that kind of style. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean I have my point of view as as a guy who's been watching um, you know Sting since the late '90s. Or for me, it's like, oh, it's kind of cool that he's still around and 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 trying to like, you know, go out on this last big hurrah. But at the same time, like when I was watching Nitro and Raw as you know in my teens, it would have been ridiculous to have, uh, you know, Austin and Rock and Undertaker 
you know, being treated, you know, somebody from 20, 30 years older, I can't even imagine who that would be like Bruno San Martino, <laughs> like, you know, somebody from that era still competing on TV and being yeah. shown to be better than their talent, uh, than their, than their rising talent. That would have been absolutely ridiculous because WWE didn't really do that when they did have people like that, like a Sergeant Slaughter, they were kind of treated as a joke, but there was no like legends there who were portrayed as like better than their, you know, second tier talent to people that could be main eventers someday. So I could definitely see people who are not 35 years and older just being like, this is ridiculous to see, you know, a 64 year old man, like beating up someone, you know, beating up Hobbs. Like it, it makes no sense from that perspective. Yeah. I know history is a little more, well, it's way more accessible. Let's not understate it than history used to be for previous generations because of YouTube. Um, and, and just being able to look up anything and watch anything, you know, so much from the past. And the Monday Night War era was a peak era. It was a really big time. So I get the nostalgia for that versus the comparison to Bruno, which is apt in a lot of ways. But the difference is Bruno was a regional champion that whose matches and peak promos you can't really access if you're 15, 20, 25, 30 years past his peak. Where with WCW, I mean, I don't know how many fans have watched the do- documentaries of Raw versus Nitro and listened to the podcasts, you know, reflecting on them and, and watched clips on YouTube. But it, that, I feel like history in the, from the, like, I guess the nine anywhere in the 90s on, the mid-80s is a little more murky, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels like it's, everybody gets a chance to get oriented towards it, but that can also end up being, not a crutch, but it can give a promoter like Tony Khan sort of permission to think, uh, well, everybody has access to it. They all know it. So let's lean into it hard. And just because people are aware of it or they've watched a documentary doesn't mean they don't want their own era, their own wrestlers, their own generation. They don't want something that feels like it's a derivative nostalgia trip with a few people. And, and AEW initially, really, as much as Tony, you know, yes, there's there was Nitro and then there's uh, uh, Dynamite, two things that explode, and Tony Schiavone and all that stuff. Yes, there was some WCW stuff. But most people, I think, saw it as this bringing together of what Cody represented, what Kenny from Japan represented, what the Bucks from the indie scene represented. And it's this blend of all of that. And it still is, but it doesn't have, going full circle, enough of its own identity coming from that. It still feels like a collage of different different things that have been patched together that different fan groups are passionate about. And Tony, as a super fan, is passionate about all of them. But what is AW's identity in and of itself? And I don't know that it's grown out of that patchwork of other things into having its own identity. And say what you will about the Vince McMahon era of Raw and the Eric Bischoff era of Nitro. But when you think of them, you don't think of anybody else. You think of the Vince McMahon, WWF, WWE. When you think of of the Nitro era, you think of Eric Bischoff and his vision. With Tony Khan, it's still this sort of this patchwork of other things. And... And that's the, you know, I know that, you know, Tony deservedly got a hard time when there was a video package on him and said the visionary Tony Khan, but his vision is reliving his childhood and reliving his 20s and 30s as a fan and patching that stuff together, but it's not as cohesive and it's not forward leaning. And we're getting a little theme tonight in the calls on that. And, you know, and understandably so when you have a show featuring Sting and um, Sting and Ric Flair, and if it weren't for them, we could be talking about why are they building around these 
young bucks who are in their late 30s. They should be building around, you know, new acts in their 20s, but the bucks are just little kids compared to Sting and Flair. So it's even, we could have this conversation with people half of Sting's age practically, um, but we're not, but that accentuates the issue that is there. What, you know, but you're doing a Sting retirement tour. So I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to argue against my own argument. I'm not against Sting on a retirement tour, but I think the reason it stands out is AW, it's not like a compliment to AEW's own self-built identity. It's it's a symptom of AEW not really having its own identity. I think that's the main critique that that we're hearing. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there's nothing that you can really lay your finger on as to like what it is. I mean, the closest thing would just be like AEW is good matches, which <laughs> doesn't mean a lot because well, the color no, before was. And I don't want to downplay good matches. I'll insert this real quick. I think mm-hmm. good matches are better than not, than bad matches or average matches. Yeah. But it's not the be all end all. Like your job isn't done. Like if you're a good if you're a good chef and you want to open a restaurant, yes, being good at cooking really good meals and and having great food is good. But you still need a restaurant with a good atmosphere and a good storefront, and you need advertising, um, and you need a, a, a great dining room and comfortable seats. Like there's all these other things that go along with it. It's not just come for the food and ignore ignore everything else. Um, you, so that's the thing. It's like it's great they have that to build on, but it sort of feels like they're just ready to rest on their laurels when it comes to that and just do the bare minimum otherwise when it comes to innovating and, and being forward-leaning in other ways. We do not normally do this, but we are kicking off the new year, 2024, with a VIP sale. Go VIP for a full month for $3.99. That is $6 off our normal, very reasonable rate, we're told, of $9.99 per month. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. That's PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. And enter coupon code New Year 2024 that $6 discount can be applied to a one-month sub, a three-month sub, or a one-year sub. You'll get $6 off whichever option you choose. We'd love to have you try us for the first time, or come on back if for some reason you've had to take a break from VIP membership. Our podcasts with a VIP membership are compatible with the Apple Podcast app. That means CarPlay, that means on your iPhone, and you don't have to go to advanced settings or enter any special password or anything like that. It's a simple click of a link from your iPhone when you sign up that'll be emailed to you. It is frictionless. You can also use many other popular podcast apps or just stream from our VIP ad-free website. So many perks with VIP membership, including last Saturday night's nearly two-hour review of AEW World's End. Todd Martin, Rich Fan, and I dissected that event. We got into the Jericho controversy and how AEW had handled it so far and how they should going forward. Thoughts on MJF and the Devil Reveal and Samojo as champion and so much more in that VIP exclusive roundtable. Also for VIP members, we have a written roundtable after pay-per-views and PLEs with staff scores and reviews. Alan Cunahan, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, and I wrote reviews of Saturday's pay-per-view and we'll do so again for the Royal Rumble coming up later this month. Also, we just ran our nearly two-hour world-class championship wrestling Von Eric special podcast that we did back in 2006. This was a show that I did with Bruce Mitchell reviewing the Von Eric DVD that had just come out. And uh, they ended up putting this podcast on that DVD in the deluxe edition because the uh, producers of the DVD were so happy with the thorough coverage we gave of the history of the Von Erickson world-class championship wrestling. Cutting through the crap 
and in talking about uh, the Von Erics, but also other aspects of that promotion in the rise and fall. It is a thorough supplement to the Iron Claw movie. And it is available as soon as you sign up as a VIP member. We just put it up on the VIP podcast feed on December 29th, just a few days ago. Also, when you go VIP, you can listen immediately to my review of the Iron Claw movie. That was a VIP exclusive Wade Keller hotline. I attended the movie. I reviewed the movie. And I also included in my Keller hotline reviewing it excerpts from the very hard-to-get Gary Hart book. Gary Hart was a booker of world-class championship wrestling during the rise of the Von Erichs and the Freebirds feud. He was very blunt in that book about what he thought of uh, the Von Erichs and that era with some uh, amazing insight. That book sells on eBay for $1,000. I've got a copy of it, and uh, and I took key excerpts that put more perspective on what was in the movie. January 1st, Wade Keller Hotline, which was a return of the Ask the Editor format. I answered questions about the Von Erich movie. What era of the Von Erich's careers would I have added to the movie if they had 15 or 30 extra minutes to work with? Also, why did Kevin Dunn leave WWE? I have insight into the situation and I conveyed it in an answer to a VIP member question. And also, will Tony Khan really go in a more sports-like direction in 2024? Those are just some of the topics covered in a Wade Keller Hotline Ask the Editor edition, 30 minutes in length, posted on January 1st. I could go on and on. So much comes with the VIP membership, an ad-free VIP website, mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly, uh, so much more. Check out full details at pwtorch.com slash govip. Click on the sign-up link. Coupon code New Year 2024 to get $6 off. $3.99 to try us for a month is a great deal, and hopefully you'll stick around beyond that for $9.99. All right, now let's get back to today's podcast. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I just, like, beyond even that, uh, you know, like, Sting and Flair, uh, you know, younger people watching, I mean, the TNT champion is Christian, wait, 48, maybe? Uh, Edge, is, Edge is a top star right now. Um, so there isn't, like, a lot of, yeah, younger people that people can say, like, hey, this is my guy. This is, you know, this is the, why I watch AEW. I watch it because it has, like, this feel to it. It's, you know, I mean, it's not, even, like, a Lucha Underground had its own, like, very distinct feel to it um and and aw has never like truly developed that because it is it does it, i mean it still feels like a patchwork like because to me like samoa joe does not feel like an aew guy he feels like <laughs> a tna guy a wwe guy and here he is very very late into his career um i basically i thought he was done like a couple years ago i didn't know he was like still gonna go um so yeah he's a champ and there's just not a lot going on and, and some of the main stars that they're trying to push uh, that they, they kind of just gave up on like a Sammy Guevara, <laughs> Jack Perry for understandable reasons, <laughs> but uh, MJF is out right now. So there's not a lot really fresh new and what they're doing is um, some of the stuff is just like lame, like the, uh, the acclaim trying to form the bang, bang, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah uh, it needs some sort of cohesive identity <laughs> to get people excited yeah uh keith back to you anything you want to follow up on there uh no that's it i'll cool. let you guys get on with the show thanks appreciate it uh 347-215-8558 if you decide to call and you want to be on the show push one let's go to some emails here um zach in texas says that was a wonderful homecoming for AEW. daily's place is such a cool venue and visual uh, I'll pause there, by the way, Andrew. For, you know, living through the Nitro era, I loved Zane Bresloff as the events coordinator. They sacrificed some gates 
And I know the bean counters mm. are like, oh, how can you go to South Dakota and and lose lose out on revenue from one show? And I'm like, because it's super memorable, it's distinct, it it stands out. It 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 like there's these intangible benefits to shaking things up. And then the college spring break settings for Nitro were so cool. Um, they would do different things, and and it's fun to see wrestling presented in a glossy major league atmosphere. You know, I'm not saying go to some you know old high school basketball gymnasium and, and try to spin <laughs> yeah. that as a positive. Daly's place is cool. Outdoor and outdoors in January, fans and jackets, and they you know the 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 the, the um, video boards were were really well done. I just I thought they dressed that up really nice, and it it you know gave a new perspective to things. So I did like that, and and you know we talk about throwbacks it doesn't have to be nitro nostalgia to change the way that you present wrestling but i did i do like when they change it up and frankly i think it would be fun for aw to look for other ways to run their shows on occasion in settings that are very different than just the standard arena setup wwe isn't going to do it um and that's one of the ways aw can differentiate themselves which zane brusloff and eric bischoff knew with their vision of trying to make nitro stand out Oh yeah, I, I think that's a good idea to to do stuff more like that because they're not they're not going to be selling out like you know ten thousand tickets right every week every week yep. like uh, Raw is doing so you might as well mix it up and yeah I mean it's part of the aesthetics it's part of the memories I mean it's like different but I know like fans look back fondly even just like on silly like Halloween Havoc you know like how they had the ring set up and everything and all the stage so it, so it's like memorable visuals like that stand out to people and yeah like. Sting and uh, Lex Luger like fighting in the, in the ocean to me. <laughs> it's like a distinct <laughs> memory, even yes. if it's a bit absurd. <laughs> but yeah, I love stuff like that. And um, yeah, I, I think I weirdly have like nostalgia for Daily Space because that's where they went during COVID, and that was like a scary time for the world. And just you could turn on wrestling for two hours and try to like get lost in that world. So um, yeah, I think it's it's good when they go to that place, and I'd be uh, uh, absolutely up for them mixing it up more. Not to bring the show down, but 2024 is a really scary time in the world, too. Um, so, um, Ooh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was at I was at Huntington Beach for that outdoor uh, WCW show. That was that was really oh, nice. a fun, distinct memory. I, speaking of Zane Breslov, I I was I went up and sat by Zane at the bar across the street from Huntington Beach before the show. And he was sitting with Tank Abbott from UFC fame. <laughs> and uh, Zane chatted with me for like two, three minutes. And then he got up. And uh, left me with a very drunk Tank Abbott and didn't come back to the table. He passed Tank Abbott on to me. And I just sat there fearful that if I didn't keep eye contact and chat with him, that he was going to do something um, that, 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 that wouldn't be pleasant for me. It was just You could tell. He was like, you're going to sit here. You're going to listen to me talk. And it was really fun, but it was also really scary. Mm. Um, was- <laughs> Tank was drunk. Was that like during the time he was in three count? <laughs> so- no, this was way before that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is when he was just a USC guy. Um, oh, but, oh, oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. And then Dave Meltzer and I just like body surfed during like two of the two of the matches and then went back and watched it on tape later. Wow. Um, it was it was a fun, fun, fun time. A very unique experience uh, for pro wrestling. Anyway. Um, so back back to Zach's email. Uh, I really enjoyed the show. Admittedly, I was anticipating Mercedes Monet debuting, so I was in a bit of a self-induced funk after the women's match, which was really good. But this is Sting brought me back. Best intro of all time. Sting is an absolute madman. The scorpion death drop off the wall through the table was gnarly. I don't know how I feel about the Bucks being Sting's final opponents. I'll say this. There will be no ambiguity on who to root for, nor do I think it will be a problem if they lose. Overall, it felt like everyone was extra motivated tonight and really brought it in ring. 
I have to mention Tony Storm calling out Wendy Richter and calling Diana Perrazzo Donna Palazzo. She is operating on a different level right now. I'm here for Diana. I'm also interested to see how Hook hangs on in the deep end with Joe. I explained in my feud tracker at pwtorch.com that him calling out Joe made sense. And I'm glad they let him be the silent badass tonight instead of getting eaten alive on the mic. It definitely feels like AEW is finding itself again. And that's great. Um, so a couple things here. He's endorsing the Scorpion Death Drop. Okay. Gnarly might be the, a good word for it, but more in a literal sense. Um, oh, and I, I did check, by the way, and, someone, and, and uh, I was told um, since the show went on there that Sting is fine. Um, not, not that oh, wasn't endorsing. Good. He did it, but I was told he, he's fine. But yeah, it was it was not uh, not 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 great judgment. Um, so happy to pass that along. Uh, now, how he feels tomorrow, I can't report. But he's walking around backstage. He's not like at the hospital or anything. Um, as for the Bucks, do you, do you think it's just a given the Bucks lose, and is that a problem for the Bucks? I think it's a good match. But if the Bucks take time off, hit the reset button, come back as heels, does it? And then Sting retires and Darby goes on to do whatever he does. Does it kind of hurt that the Bucks are, I don't say the the Washington Generals to Sting's Harlem Globetrotters, but like if they come back and they have a fun little feud, but they just job out as a tribute to Sting, does that position them well? And is there a way to book it where you can actually come out with the Bucks being stronger coming out of it? Uh, I I think it's fine to have them lose. Uh I mean, so you could have them win if they're if they were finally going to really go in on the Bucks and the Bucks are motivated and they really want to have a strong end of their 30s into their 40s like run like, oh, maybe they could do something devious and win and, and take the wind out of Sting sales. But I think I don't think fans would be super into that. I think if you're 27 and what, zero with Sting at this point, you might as well just have him go all the way. He wins. You wish him farewell, and he, he does one last crazy thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Bucks could get a bit a bit of a boost if they did it, but overall, I think it probably just wouldn't sit well with most people. Yeah, Matt Jackson, by the way, is going to be thirty nine um, in March. So oh. yeah, but uh, Nick so is young. Yeah. Nick is a spry thirty four, and uh, not even thirty four and a half. So oh yeah, I didn't realize they were five years apart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. All right, uh, let's see. He also brought up Tony Storm. Andrew, update us on your thoughts on the Tony Storm journey that that uh, we've all been on. 
Yeah, I might be a giant hypocrite because every week with Mike, I would just like rant. I my rants would be on Orange Cassidy and Danhausen and how I just like didn't want that on my wrestling show. But <laughs> Tony Storm just wins me over. Uh, I think she's fantastic. Like I just she's so good at what she does and like her facial expressions. She's like legit funny and she's not like dumb <laughs> best right. friends type comedy funny. She's genuinely like, oh, that was a clever line. Yeah, um, yeah she's like my favorite thing in wrestling right now to watch because she's just I I just picture her like in her off hours like coming up with what she's gonna say and like you know she brings up obscure film people I was a film student so like her like bringing up people from the 30s just like delights me um I this already has more legs than I thought I'm enjoying what she's doing but yeah I might just be a massive hypocrite and I totally would understand if people are like this is ridiculous and I don't want it I don't even imagine her coming up with stuff when I think of what she does when she's not on TV, I just imagine her being like this all the time and not even coming up with stuff. It's just, just, this is just who she is. Um, like mm-hmm. that she is just all in on it enough that she, that her family and friends are concerned for her. Cause this is, it, she's morphed into this and they don't know if they can get her out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, oh, I, yeah. I enjoy the heck out of it too. And again, there's times you're sort of hypocritical cause something that you're philosophically against, you are then okay with it or even enthusiastic in favor of it. But that's a testament to doing something really well, but also making it the exception. You know, if you have everything else is kind of grounded, like the director choosing to film her in black and white is is not like, it's not like casting spell. This isn't like Papa Shango and people, you know, throwing up because he casts a spell or Danhausen having real powers over people. Um, so in this case, it's like, yeah, it's a production thing and they do it to, to humor her because she's complains very loudly and is very upset if they don't. So like, oh, let's just give her black and white. That's what she wants. Um, or she's not even self-aware and they just do it because it applies. I mean, you can come up with your own explanation for it. Uh, and it, in many work and otherwise she's had some setbacks and she ended up, um, losing herself in another time frame, another world that she was passionate about and then became delusional in sort of like, thinking that she is something from the past that she isn't and losing track of even what century she's in. Well, okay, I, I'm willing to buy into that. Like, uh, compared to, like I say, Papa Shango, you know, which is just, just <laughs> stupid. You know, and there's just no way you right. can't. That doesn't, that can't exist in the universe that WWF created if you're going to take it at all seriously. Same way you can't when there's a camera in a car. Um, when, how could you see it coming? Um, that something was going to, you know, something was going to happen in the car and how did we get a live feed to the car? Um, that's just ridiculous. Um, AW did it once. I texted Tony about it. I'm like, is this really what you're going to endorse? And then he tried to, <laughs> he tried to explain it. Well, you know, there's security cameras and cars. No, I'm like, yes, but how did you have a live feed and know that you needed to be connected to it? And in, in so many words, he's like, good point. We've never seen it again. You know what I mean? Oh, like, nice. yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm not, I'm not quoting good point. I just, got the sense he thought it was a good point. <laughs> I can't remember yeah. the exact wording. Um, but he hasn't done that th- type of thing since. So there's things that just make no sense in the context of the narrative structure of wrestling. Tony Storm doesn't violate those. They give her black and white, and she's delusional and thinks she's something from the past. and Or, or she's putting on an act to get TV time because she's cunning. I mean, you can, like I said, you can... You, What's the the phrase for a um, a book where you kind of pick your own ending or a movie or pick your own pick your own adventure? Like you can yeah. come up with your own explanation for it, but there's multiple plausible ones. And then in the end, as long as it's really well done and consistently entertaining, and it's not just goofy, 
bad nerd humor like Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are doing or the best friends are doing, Ugh. you know, everybody got to give the people what they want. Well, okay. Yeah. That's so stop doing it then. Um, this is different than that. There's, there's my, my defense. Yeah. Oh, and just like, I think you made a good point too, when you talk about like how like good the performer is at, because if you look at like WWF, WWE, like we could be looking back at the undertaker in a different light and be like, Oh, remember when they did a stupid mortician, <laughs> like yeah. a dead zombie, but he was so good at it. And instead we look, you know, it's, it's not like you, we look back and go like, Oh, remember the wrestling plumber and the wrestling repo man. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the point. Well, the repo man was good at that point at that role. I'll give him that. Yeah. But, uh, other wrestlers. Yeah. You just look back and go, that was ridiculous, but taker made it work. And I think, uh, and it completely, not to com- directly compare them, but like Tony Storm as a performer is like making that work. So Andrew's saying Tony Storm, the next Undertaker. <laughs> I want to be on record. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, the uh, point Zach brought up that I want to pluck out of his email to conclude it, his email is Hook. How do you feel about Hook getting the title shot? Um, asking for one, getting granted one, coming going forehead to forehead with Joe. Uh, what do you want to see? Are you concerned about what might happen next week? Is this a good step for Hook if he competes but loses? Do you want to see him lose or should they do a non-finish? Obviously, Hook's not ending Joe's title reign. Um, and does this hurt Joe if he sells too much for Hook or is Hook untested but also barely beaten um, with a very impressive record against very inferior competition to, to, to most people who are getting world title shots? There's There's a lot of things they can do here and I think Ways it can work, ways it might not be good. Um, your your thoughts, predictions, analysis of this? Yeah, I, I have no problem with this. I'm actually like looking forward to the match. I mean, if you do look at from a like a Cape Fay perspective, like wrestling's real and there is a championship committee, like you would think Hook is pretty dang talented because on the show he beats most people. You know, he he beat the majority of his opponents within like two minutes. He like he manhandled. Jack Perry, who's like a former take champ. So I could see if this was real and you were on a championship committee, like Joe was saying, you could be like, yeah, okay, let's give this guy a shot. He's 27 and one, has one of the best records in the company, a probably second best record next to Sting, just like percentage wise. Um, Yeah, and I think, I mean, Hook still, he's not as far along in the ring as I was hoping he would be at this point. Um, But I think him and Joe just like, throwing each other around for you know 10 minutes could be could be a bit of fun it's going to help uh hook like be in a big match if they want to like build around him in the future um yeah i have zero problem with this i, I wish tony hadn't lost his mind over it um yeah <laughs> he doesn't have anything to be defensive about like yeah i mean i, I don't want to go off on it again but tony tony could say if someone is critical of hook he could reply to them directly, which I'd advise he not do. I don't think he should see the tweet because he should be busy doing other things more important. But if he does see it, I don't think it should respond. But if he sees it and responds, the response should be, I think our fans are going to like this. Maybe I'm wrong. We're making a good faith effort to tell uh, to tell a good story here. And I think you'll be the, I, I, I hope and predict you'll be the exception, not not the majority in being critical of this because we are going to we are going to tell the story well with attention to some of the things that you think we are likely to be sloppy about i mean whatever there's a way to just come across as a reasonable guy who understands not everyone's going to agree with you some people are going to disagree with you some are going to insincerely disagree with you as trolls just looking for their data to gain validity because somebody of tony's power is ranting about them and you can show them all up by being thick-skinned and optimistic and also accept the fact that not everyone's going to love everything you do, 
but you believe in what you do. And it's just started, so see it through before you're critical of it. And yeah, taking that approach, way more people would have been behind Hook and excited for Hook uh, online. Yep. And instead, like, it's crazy. Like, when I was reading Reddit, like, everyone is super excited about Jinder Mahal, which is crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> he's, he's he made people excited about Jinder Mahal. So, yep. yeah, he could have kept some of that for himself or his own company. Yep. All right. Up next. Um... Let's go to uh, Shay from Brooklyn. Being in Daly's Place already has a nice nostalgic feel to it. I love the setup tonight. The company really came through during the pandemic, and tonight had that familiar special feeling. Warlow's body language and facial expressions have been excellent in these segments so far. He's clearly just using the Undisputed Kingdom to get the world title, knowing full well he could destroy them once he gets what he wants. Shay has more to say. I'll pause there. Your, uh, your thoughts on Undisputed Kingdom, Andrew? and uh, Wardlow as part of it. And if you think that, yeah, Wardlow is just sort of pretended to be with these goofs, but he's really just waiting till the moment he strikes. Uh, strongly dislike how they're doing uh, the story with Wardlow right now. I mean, as, as it's been like pointed out, I mean, why don't on night one, like already teased dissension between right. them. I wish Adam Cole would have just said like, hey, Wardlow is going to go for the title. He's going to win the title. And yep. we agreed that when he wins the title, I get to be his opponent when I'm ready. Yep. Some, something like that. Or, uh, or and, and there's nothing wrong with what you said, but another option is um, we have two people who are world title contenders. We're both going to be battling hard to win the most matches to get the, and these are magic to my ears, these words, the championship committee's attention through our dominant yep. victories. And really, if you look at the 100 people in AEW, there's two who are racing to be the next champion, and they're both in this group. That's how good we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is it? Otherwise, we're just yeah, yeah and, and we're because otherwise we're doing a straight up rerun of MJF basically and Wardlow from a few years ago, or Luchasaurus uh, and Christian. Oh, I, you yeah. know, I mean, like they're literally doing that same like a similar storyline there of well, I'll be champion, he'll be champion, but give me the belt. Like, yeah, it's just so many things wrong with that approach. Yeah, and just I'm 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 not really into the group as a whole. Uh, it just feels like kind of a retread of Undisputed Era from NXT. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett have been too goofy. Roderick Strong's been too goofy. They stripped uh, Roderick of everything that was entertaining about him now. Yeah, they're I trying mean, to sell him as like I, Dean Malenko or Chris. I don't even yeah. I, like I, I don't even know now. Yeah, it's it, it it's just a weird mix. I would have picked. I'm fine with Adam Cole being the devil, but I would have picked. I don't. I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't know who I, who I would have picked, but I wouldn't have picked the uh, other wrestlers uh, to to be in his stable. Longing for some nostalgia, or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history. Don't miss the '90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Not impressed with the group. But I don't think even Adam Cole has the gravitas in this environment with that group and this angle. And, you know, it just, he, Cole made himself out to be such a goof. And I, I really feel cheated that we haven't had Adam Cole 
explicitly and specifically gloating about the ride that he took MJF on and how he oh, wasn't sincere yeah. and he and he tricked MJF into thinking it was his friend and he acted like this just goof and he can't believe MJF didn't see through him because Cole was such a goof that unless it was a con all along that it feels like how can I take this guy seriously as this like centerpiece alpha wrestler you can't I mean he, he just it just wasn't he wasn't a serious person during this whole thing. It was, you know, it was like, you know, like I felt that way about some of the stuff Triple H and Shawn Michaels did in later era DX, where it's just zany, zany yeah. bad dad humor. And it's like, I, I don't want to think of Shawn Michaels and the legendary matches and great careers had in Triple H as this is who they really are. And so much of what Cole did was just, it was so not, again, just not being a serious person. And he hasn't owned that as him being phony to, 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 to take MJF on a ride. Shivani's doing the heavy lifting by going, it was a long game plan. But I want Cole <laughs> to gloat. I want him to gloat. Yeah. How could MJF think I liked him? Did you people watch me and think I really liked MJF? Was my acting that good? I didn't even think my acting was that good because it wasn't. He should be owning that and making fun of MJF and the fans for buying into it. It, it There's this material there that's just being... Like, not put into these promos, and instead we get generic heel faction leader 101 promo from Adam Cole. It's not the worst, but it's not particularly good. It's bland and it's forgettable. He should be gloating about what he did and and reframing it so that we realize that isn't who he really is, that he's always, that he, or where the transition period was. It, it, it's such a letdown. This payoff is. And I understand there's some timeline things they aren't going to be able to make work because knee injury and some change in plans. They had they were going a certain direction. They had to change it. Who cares? That doesn't mean abandon any kind of reference to what happened in the past and framing it. And again, I just want Cole to gloat and own what he did and let us in on what was going on in his head during all those times we thought he was a slave you know, doing all this stuff around the house, but he should say in reality, we're, we're drinking, uh, we're drinking till 3am every night and having a blast and then filming these skits and you all bought it. Like in, they're not referencing all this stuff. It, it just feels like you get to the last chapter of a mystery novel and it's not perfect analogy, but you introduce some new character who did it and you don't know anything about him or whatever. You know, it's like the payoff just hasn't been good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree on that. I remember talking with Mike at the time and we were both just like, we weren't sure how the angle with MJF and Cole was going to pan out, but we were like, why would we like Cole at the end of this? If he's going to be like a good guy, cause he's right. so amazingly stupid. Yeah. Because, like he's mowing this guy's lawn. He's moving his furniture. He's making him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He's not like going home. He's not, you know, spending time with his girlfriend. He's just like doing all these chores for somebody. And it's just like, you know, I think part of like what makes a successful babyface is like if you kind of maybe want to be that person. You know, at least mm -hmm. like younger days, like you would be like, I wish I was The Rock. I'd be so cool. I wish I could be like Steve Austin and tell off my boss. When when I looked at Adam Cole, it's like, do I want to like go jump around with kids at this trampoline park? Like, is that do I want to do like goofy crocodile Dundee skits? Like, this guy's so lame. And then yeah, the storyline itself just doesn't make any sense so yeah i think he he's been booked he's to be such a, a loser yep. the past like few months that he doesn't strike me as this evil devious you know heel leader like a no. hulk hulk you know hulk hogan pick your person triple h and evolution he has none of that like gravitas to him no and it doesn't help that 
Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are standing behind him. And it, you know, I think they try to be a little more serious tonight, which is good, but you can't mm-hmm. erase the memory that they just always looked like they had some really juvenile inside joke that they were laughing to themselves about. You know, I mean, and yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone who finds Melvin funny as long as Matt Taven did or clever, you know, it's just like they, they and, oh, and, and I mean, what I say about yeah. Roderick Strong, like he finally was entertaining and now they've stripped him of it. Like, I'd rather he wasn't in this group and just got to keep being, you know, the, having a personality. I mean, no disrespect, but it's a your public figure in a performance business, and Roderick was pretty bland. Um, yeah. Like, his entire career on the blander side. And he finally yep. found something where it was like, wow, I, I kind of look forward to his segments. And, I mean, he had to grow. There had to be better material than just yelling people's names, but he had comic timing. I would have never guessed he had. And he could have grown into something, and now he's stuck in this group being a guy who's like their Dean Malenko, I guess. I don't know. I mean, so. Yeah, in the same way, I never I, I never cared about him as a wrestler until he started doing that uh, initial stuff. And, yeah, and, and especially, like, now, like, being a, the Dean Malenko of the group doesn't, like, do anything for you because no. there's 40 good wrestlers on the roster, whereas, like, back in WCW days, there was eight, you know? Yep. So he doesn't really – he doesn't stand out in that no. way. no. All right, so back to Shea. Uh, He says, Joe as champ is everything I was hoping for. He has big top guy energy right now. Much like what they started during MJF's reign, there are multiple people going after the champ. Being on top should always feel important, and it definitely feels that way right now. Swerve and Paige feel like worthy challengers. Though Hook feels less likely to win, I'm really excited to see what Hook and Joe's match looks like next week. I love that Joe, and I've always been critical of Joe when he's yelling, overmodulating, frothing at the mouth. Anybody can yell. And it's al- it almost never works. It's almost always grating, and it just feels like hack promos. And Joe is engaged in that more than I... Well, I, he's engaged in it, and I'm not a fan of that style. I think there's occasions where it's where it's worth yelling at the top of your lungs. Well, like Dolph Ziggler just thought the louder you yell, the better your promo is. Why hasn't everyone else figured that out? It's like, well, because you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> when it comes to your <laughs> philosophy on promos, um, that yelling does not make a promo better, and someone should tell you that. Um, there's you know way more... Dolph could have cut way more better promos in his career if he was talk softer. Jake Roberts was always the soft yeah. talker. Sid even figured that out. Sid would yell, but then he'd talk really soft. What do you remember what he said? You remembered when you had to lean into the TV to hear what he was saying. Joe is amazing, like fantastic when he's cool, calm, matter-of-fact Joe, who doesn't feel like he has a lot to prove to you, but there's an intensity that sort of is understated um, in just the way he carries himself. There is that aura that I talked about Sting having, and Joe has it. And when he yells, it feels sort of undignified and desperate. And why, why are you yelling? You don't need to. Um, you intimidated me the second you just stood there. So I've really liked his, de- I really liked his demeanor tonight. And he is right now does have big top, big top guy energy. Um, so I like that. So um, any, anything you want to comment on there about uh, Joe's vibe tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely on the higher end of what he's done throughout his career. But I think, you know, he was like if you look back in tna i imagine he just had so many bad people producing him on what to do and yep. you know nobody like said cut <laughs> like yeah. dial it down 50 percent and just kind of talk so yeah he would do a lot of those like screaming weird promos um yeah i wish he'd been doing like this stuff way more throughout his career i think uh he'd be in a better sp- spot in general yeah You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report 
We'll tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. All right, uh, next, Jay says the Young Bucks are still one of my favorite teams, and heel Young Bucks are even better. Forbidden Door gave us a nice preview of what Young Bucks versus Sting and Darby would look like. Everyone is going to be super motivated, and there's no doubt that's going to be a great showing. Uh, Chris Jericho's music playing throughout the run, uh, throughout the run-in, gave the segment a unique touch, like when they played the John Moxley song throughout the action at, in Anarchy in the Arena match a while back. Not sure if it was a strategic way to drown out any booze or NDA chants, but it came across well regardless. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Eric Kroll texted me and said, it's like New Jack, where his music played during his matches in ECW. I, I took it as their plausible deniability, but a way to make sure Jericho's not embarrassed with um, any continued inertia over the uh, the allegations of allegations against him um, and, you know, being booed or, or NDA chants. So next, uh, his next match without music playing is going to be the test of kind of where things stand, Andrew. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think that's what probably why they did that. I they wrote that down in my notes that that seemed a bit odd because uh, I don't believe they've ever done that before for him. No, they haven't. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I'm with you. It's going to be uh, very curious to see how people actually react. And I guess it was a smart move on his part if that's what he pitched tonight to kind of give him some more time. But um, yeah, I'm very curious that people are going to continue booing him uh, on Saturday. Not that they would not have otherwise, but maybe they wouldn't have. They found a group of fans cheering and chanting and singing Jericho, um, you know, during the brawl. And then in the end, he was kind of, you know, surrounded by fans who were high-fiving him and stuff. So yeah. if you wanted to have visual and uh, visual evidence that, hey, the world's not against MJ or against, uh, MJ, against uh, Jericho, and this is a thing that was, you know, internet-generated, blown out of proportion, and a bunch of people decided to... to, to you know, amplify it uh, before all the facts were in and blow it out of proportion. Tonight, look at it. It obviously isn't a big deal. Well, that'll be tested when his music doesn't play. So we'll see. But they, if, if, that, if, if you're a PR agent for Jericho, I think what they did tonight, what turned out well, even if in a way it drew attention to something that had the crowd not booed him, it would have seemed mm -hmm. less obvious that they're, you know, in damage control mode by playing his music, which, like you said, they haven't done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tony Storm has another A-plus segment. Overall, a really fun show. The last two shows have been a great way to start a new year. There's a lot of fresh directions. Um, Andrew, any, anything you want to add to that? Um, I Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I guess there's fresh directions. I'm not totally on board with all of them, like the uh, acclaimed one I brought up earlier. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's That's got bad news written all over it. So. But, what, yeah, where I guess did, they're trying some new things. Where do you think that's going? I, I don't think... like. Anthony Bones is making this, it seems like a sincere pitch. Um, yeah. But is this a way to, like, you know, split off Max Caster as a heel or Anthony Bones as a heel or have them split up? Or is it a ploy? Like, I mean, it's fine that we don't know. It doesn't, they don't have to telegraph everything. But is there a way that you could see this kind of going in the next two to six weeks where you're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense and everyone's in a better place for it? I don't think having them combine genuinely into a six person team, uh, faction makes any sense. 
yeah. Well, I guess just for starters, I think the whole thing's idiotic because it doesn't make any sense. Like the, on on Collision, they were saying like, "Hey, the only way to get ahead in this company is to join, you know, have a big big <laughs> faction." Yeah. And it's like, what you already have, you have the belts that you want. Like, what more are you trying to do here? Um, and what faction so is Samoa Joe in? Or Tony yeah. Storm. I right. mean, like, there's people walking around with championships who are not in a faction. So if you're going to declare that, I mean, like, don't have the evidence counter it. <laughs> yeah, or, or like the, the, big, the big faction right now only has the ROH take titles. Like, yeah. Yeah. good for them. Uh, I just think it's going to be the, the Bullet Club makes it seem like they're going to all join forces and then turns their back on them and we get a brief feud. Yeah. That's probably as far as it goes. Yeah. All right, up next, uh, Jorad from Canada says, I'm watching Dynamite, and an interesting idea popped into my head. What if Kevin Dunn was the one behind the visual presentation of Dynamite? Given the difference in AEW's creative process, format, and scripting philosophy, would this combination of things be better or worse with Kevin Dunn's production style? So I guess when we say Kevin Dunn, we just are sort of generically saying WWE the last 40 years. Um, and if do you think Kevin Dunn could come in and change things for the better, or would he change things for the worse? <laughs> Um, you know, you don't want AEW to just look like some derivative lower budget copy of what WWE is doing, but are there some things you think AEW could benefit from with Kevin Dunn going in and kind of whipping people into, into, into shape and doing some things maybe differently? I don't think so. I think if they had a much higher production budget, maybe. Um, but the only thing I could think of that he would do would be those crazy, um, nauseating camera angles. Um, the, uh, I mean, because you just like watch WWE and it just looks like so amazingly good. Uh, I mean, even just like the Judgment Day comes out and they have this huge like screen behind them and they have graphics on the, the screen. Augmented and they reality, got... their usage of augmented reality is so slick, and it it yeah. blends it blends in like it's not. I don't think it's gaudy or you know like Oscar like her ring entrances with augmented reality were so cool. It just it's such a visually stimulating show. Um, using the latest technology and you know aw i mean you don't need to do that to be a really good successful wrestling company so i'll stipulate to that but mm-hmm. aw does feel like they picked up where nitro and sadly some weeks thunder left off with no advancement yeah i mean and i i barely watch wwe these days but i i catch it now and then so when i just like turn on and see somebody come out to their entrance i'm like oh wow that is a huge step up over AEWs. Um, but yeah, I, I guess just go back to Kevin Dunn. He wouldn't have that kind of budget behind him. And I don't think, I don't think it would be a good, I don't, for their fan base, I don't think people would get excited about Kevin Dunn coming in. Um, I think it would just be a bad move. All right. We ran long tonight with our show. So we're going to save the last 18 to 20 minutes as the VIP exclusive after show as a thank you for our VIP members. So we got some more email topics to get to, and we'll get to them after this. If you're not a VIP member and you don't want to miss out on VIP after shows and everything else that comes with the VIP membership, go VIP. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. Current VIP members, stay tuned because we're about to continue the mailbag discussion right now.
We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com, daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger. And our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews 
with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership. Now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. We do not normally do this, but we are kicking off the new year, 2024, with a VIP sale. Go VIP for a full month for $3.99. That is $6 off our normal, very reasonable rate, we're told, of... $9.99 per month. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. That's PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. And enter coupon code NEWYEAR2024. That $6 discount can be applied to a one-month sub, a three-month sub, or a one-year sub. You'll get $6 off whichever option you choose. We'd love to have you have tries for the first time. Or come on back if for some reason you've had to take a break from VIP membership. Our podcasts with a VIP membership, are compatible with the Apple Podcast app. That means CarPlay. That means on your iPhone. And you don't have to go to advanced settings or enter any special password or anything like that. It's a simple click of a link from your iPhone when you sign up that'll be emailed to you. It is frictionless. You can also use many other popular podcast apps or just stream from our VIP ad-free website. So many perks with VIP membership, including last Saturday night's nearly two-hour review of AEW World's End. Todd Martin, Rich Fan, and I dissected that event. We got into the Jericho controversy and how AEW had handled it so far and how they should going forward. Thoughts on MJF and the Devil Reveal and Samojo as champion and so much more in that VIP exclusive roundtable. Also for VIP members, we have a written roundtable after pay-per-views and PLEs with staff scores and reviews. Alan Cunahan, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, and I wrote reviews of Saturday's pay-per-view, and we'll do so again for the Royal Rumble coming up later this month. Also, we just ran our nearly two-hour world-class championship wrestling Von Erich special podcast that we did back in 2006. This was a show that I did with Bruce Mitchell reviewing the Von Erich DVD that had just come out. And uh, they ended up putting this podcast on that DVD in the deluxe edition because the uh, producers of the DVD were so happy with the thorough coverage we gave of the history of the Von Erichs and world-class championship wrestling. Cutting through the crap and in talking about uh, the Von Erichs, but also other aspects of that promotion in the rise and fall. It is a thorough supplement to the Iron Claw movie. And it is available as soon as you sign up as a VIP member. We just put it up on the VIP podcast feed on December 29th, just a few days ago. Also, when you go VIP, you can listen immediately to my review of the Iron Claw movie. That was a VIP exclusive Wade Keller hotline. I attended the movie. I reviewed the movie. And I also included in my Keller hotline reviewing it excerpts from the very hard-to-get Gary Hart book. Gary Hart was a booker of world-class championship wrestling during the rise of the Von Erichs and the Freebirds feud. He was very blunt in that book about what he thought of uh, the Von Erichs and that era with some uh, amazing insight. That book sells on eBay for $1,000. I've got a copy of it, and uh, and I took key excerpts that put more perspective 
on what was in the movie. January 1st, Wade Keller Hotline, which was a return of the Ask the Editor format, I answered questions about the Von Erich movie. What era of the Von Erich's careers would I have added to the movie if they had 15 or 30 extra minutes to work with? Also, why did Kevin Dunn leave WWE? I have insight into the situation, and I conveyed it in an answer to a VIP member question. And also, will Tony Khan really go in a more sports-like direction in 2024? Those are just some of the topics covered in a Wade Keller Hotline Ask the Editor Edition, 30 minutes in length, posted on January 1st. I could go on and on. So much comes with the VIP membership, an ad-free VIP website, mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly, uh, so much more. Check out full details at pwtorch.com slash govip. Click on the sign-up link. Coupon code New Year 2024 to get $6 off. $3.99 to try us for a month is a great deal, and hopefully you'll stick around beyond that for $9.99. All right, now let's get back to today's podcast. 